Pomegranate Kitchen are a Wellington catering company that offer a wide-ranging menu for individual lunch and group options um, to central Wellington workplaces. Um, sounds pretty normal, right? But this is Wellington and a city full of amazing people who are very much global citizens. So um, the founders of Pomegranate Kitchen did not start it as a business. They started as a social enterprise. They instilled their own strong values in the heart of the food that they serve. And um, that food is prepared and cooked by former refugees who are new to Wellington. So we're joined by one of the founders, Rebecca Kiora, and welcome to B-Side Stories, Rebecca. Kiora, thank you for having me. Um, so what's your, what's your background? Well, look, I've actually got sort of a varied background, uh, but I, primarily not-for-profit. I have worked on a super yacht at one point. I did wow. like Brad Pitt, <laughs> yeah, but in another Whoa. life. But uh, yeah, so uh, work-related, not-for-profit. So before uh, we started Pomegranate, I was working for the New Zealand Red Cross. I see. So, and I was asking you just slightly off air there, um, is your background the cooking of the, uh, the side of things or is it... Um, is it a social enterprise? And I'm guessing it's social enterprise. Yeah, it, it is. It is the uh, the not for profit side. I mean, I, I do have a background in hospo in a uh, in the same way that a lot of Wellingtonians do. I used to work at Monsoon Poon and at Chow, mm. but uh, I'm learning a lot um, through Pomegranate about the kitchen and the catering side of everything. We actually have <clears throat> a, f- a food advisor on board who's the ex-head chef of Elements Cafe, Scott Barrett, um, who also started Crave Kitchens. And so he's been, uh, yeah, he's been educating me on a lot of the the other kind of side of of, uh, of working in food, costings and suppliers and that sort of thing, yeah. So, um, and your co-founder, Ange, uh, she's a little bit more the, the food side, is she? That's it, yeah. So she, her experiences in learning and organisational development, but also she's a massive foodie, uh, and she makes really beautiful food. And so, yeah, and so that's sort of how it started, that she sort of had her finger on the pulse um, in the food world and sent me a link to a, a organisation based in New York called Eat Off Beat, who are doing uh, a similar thing to what we're doing. And, you know, yeah, and I said, well, if you, if you ever want to do that, you know where to find me. And she said, I actually really do want to do this. And so we, yeah, so we started talking about it and that took a few months. But uh, we just thought with our powers combined, uh, especially because I'd be working in the refugee resettlement sector, that, yeah, that it was something that Wellington was potentially ready for. So what are some of the problems that um, people with refugee backgrounds or refugees find when they arrive here in New Zealand or in Wellington? Sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> what we've seen both in the international research, the national research, but also anecdotally working for Red Cross with the Pathways to Employment Program is that uh, people from a refugee background have a lot to offer, generally. Specifically, a lot of the um, women will cook for, you know, uh, weddings of 700 people and so forth. But the barriers that they face are that they don't have um, experience that New Zealanders recognise. Uh, they have language barriers as well, so English English is an issue. Not for everyone. I mean, we uh, I also work with the uh, Refugee Youth Council, and we had some young people come through fairly recently who have amazing English. So that's not um, across the board, but it's it's a really big barrier. Um, we know that people. Uh, people's English does improve when they're on the job, but it's a big ask for employers to take someone on mm. in the first instance. 
Um, and thirdly, you know, this, it's it's quite hard to quantify, but there is an aspect of discrimination as well. Mm. So what I saw when I was working for Red Cross is that there was a real gap um, in... You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of employers who do take on former refugees um, with the Pathways to Employment program, but there was a, a bit of a, a bit of a gap where <clears throat> people's English potentially wasn't our clients' English potentially wasn't at a level that they uh, would be ready for that, but they still had a lot to offer. So yeah, so that's where we come in. Mm. And I guess it must be um, a confidence thing as well, is it? So once, so having an organisation that's supportive um, and hopefully, so so whilst you're uh, we'll get to the fact that you're launching in October. I'm guessing you've kind of, you've, from what I understand, you've you've kind of got a sustainable model where th- those refugees that have um, kind of been through the organisation a little bit, been through Pomegranate Kitchen, will then mentor new ones. Is that kind of some of what's happening? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I mean, it's interesting with the social enterprise model because we're both a not-for-profit and a business, and so I constantly find myself having to sort of <laughs> wear one hat and then wear the other hat. So on one hand, our uh, our business model is that people would be trained through us and stay with us mm. um, in order for the business to you know be really successful. But on the other hand, if they come through pomegranate and then go on to another Wellington kitchen for example or to start their own catering company which a lot of um, a lot of new migrants and former refugees say that is a is a goal of theirs then that's also a really positive outcome mm. for us um, <clears throat> we so in answer to your question I mean we wouldn't say that our main goal is for people to move through uh, pomegranate. We would like people to stay, but if they do, that's also great. Mm. And what are the um, refugee numbers like at the moment? Um, with so, uh, yeah, have we we've increased our quota, haven't we, in New Zealand? Yes, we have. So previously, it was seven hundred and fifty per year throughout the whole of New Zealand. Uh, there was a special dispensation for the Syrian intake, which was six hundred extra people over the year, I think, and then that's why they opened up the new uh, centre in Dunedin. Uh, and there has been an increase in the quota, yeah, but it hasn't been doubled like some people were calling we were for. Call, yeah. mm. um, and uh, where are most refugees, so you mentioned Syria, but where are most refugees from? Is it um, a variety of places? Or? Yeah, well, interestingly, I mean... It, the Syrian crisis has made the people from that area of the world much more visible, which is great. But in fact, at Red Cross, what we saw was that, uh, you know, there's been people who have been waiting in refugee camps for a number of years. So we still, although there was the special dispensation, there's still people from areas like Colombia um, and Burma, Myanmar, um, and other areas in the Middle East as well. I yeah. See. So hopefully, um, uh, are you going to use knowledge from these people um, to develop your menu? Yeah, that's the idea. That's the idea. So uh, we're actually having a shared lunch this weekend. Uh, I thought that that was sort of the best way to do it, um, especially thinking about different, uh, in, in a lot of different cultures, you know, food is love, and that's a way that people kind of get to know each other. So I thought that we'd have a shared lunch and then... Um, you know, with full knowledge that people would be bringing mm. um, menu uh, menu items, 
So, you know, it's not, not about stealing people's intellectual property, <laughs> which is something that I've, you know, really struggled with. But I think it's about a partnership. Uh, it's about bringing them in on the process um, because some things that might be, you know, really delectable in one culture need to be modified to be ready for the Wellington mm. audience. Um, and there's that business hat on again. So, but um, I've, you know, I've I've consulted with a couple of people who work for Red Cross who are, you know, from that background or are former refugees themselves, and uh, they seem to think that that was an appropriate way to do it, and that to m- modify traditional dishes for the Wellington audience is something that people would understand. Yeah. Um. So the kind of things that we're really looking at are fresh salads, some, you know, some grilled meats, some. Winter hearty winter stews with lots of flavour. Um, yeah, and baklava. We're thinking about baklava oh, awesome. a lot. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and um, so, what and how, what services will um, Pomegranate Kitchen offer? Because so it's not not just catering, is it? It's going to be individual lunches. Yeah, yeah. So we're, what we're aiming to do is, uh, indiv- uh, yeah. So group catering for you know uh, work meetings or events, and then uh, some. Individual lunch delivery, which uh, is what they did in New York with Eat Off Beat. We were not sure whether Wellington was ready for it, but uh, Eat My Lunch uh, did it in Auckland, and they're about to open in Wellington in October as well, and they um, they deliver lunches individually because there's, there's a sort of a delivery cost and so forth. So mm. I think that I think that Wellingtonians are ready to, you know, order online and have something arrive at their desk. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And we're all getting busier in the modern age. So thanks to computers and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and so you're launching in October, um, mid-October? Yes. Yeah, so we're going to be <clears throat> outside Moore Wilson in the little pop-up booths from the 10th for two weeks. Uh, and we're also running a, a Pledge Me campaign in October that's going to start uh, 1st of October. Mm. Cool. Yeah. And then after that, we'll be ready to take some orders. Oh, sweet. And... Um, you're not it's, uh, so hang on, I'm just reading my questions here. Yeah, and what what sort of stuff will the training and development side of things of the business um, kind of look at? Sure. So you mentioned language. Yeah, I mean that that's just kind of uh, been postponed a little bit until January. Uh, what we were going to do was uh, run an English for Cooks course, um, really taking into account that language. Uh, is quite situational, so you can have, you know, a, a basic level of English to get you around, and then you can have, um, you know, some jargon or some quite, you know, work-based English. So we thought that we would run an English for Cooks program that will potentially be starting next year now, um, due to a number of factors. Uh, but the the main training that we're running is to really get the women that we're working with from home kitchen to a commercial kitchen Um, and again this is a sort of a tricky thing that I don't want us to be teaching them how to cook because Mm. they already know how to cook and they already have great skills so it's using those skills learning from them but um, there's a number of different skills that you need to work in a commercial kitchen things like you know health and safety is a big one that everyone thinks of but even you know how to package everything up how to rotate stock and and also how to work in a, quite a hierarchical environment, mm. you know, where uh, the cooks that we're talking to tended to have been the boss, <laughs> and now they have to, you know, there has to be a boss, there has to only be one. Um, so I'm not really sure how we're going to teach that last one. <laughs> it's a bit tricky. But, the, you know, the, the other aspects, we're getting 
um, Sonia Tiatia from Dine Catering, who usually works with young people. She's designing a sort of a, a course for us that's going to run later this month. Yeah, that's going to go over those aspects. Cool. Has it been easy to find those sorts of partners in Wellington? And do you think Wellington's an easier city than most with that sort of thing? Or was oh, it, great yeah. question, because I think about that a lot. I have been so surprised at the number of people who are really willing to help and to volunteer, um, at the number of introductions and, and sort of networks that I've made through starting to talk about this, um, particularly through organisations like the Akina Foundation have been really instrumental in that. But, I mean, I was, I was just living in Melbourne for five years and I just, I always think, I just don't think I could have done this in Melbourne. I mean, partly that's because I didn't have those networks and potentially I could have started it and it would have looked like a different city to me. But it's, it's something about the size and it's something about Wellington being really open to new ideas and really supportive of startups that I mm. think is just, yeah, it's blown me away. There has been a lot of um, social enterprise hub stuff kind of going on mm. here, and, uh, yeah, it uh, seems like a vibrant city with that. Do you find that, uh, so I guess with Wellington being open to new ideas, <coughs> it's probably a little bit easier than most cities, um, and you can see that by the way we voted in the last election, and we'll probably see it again soon. But um, the, we've got relatively open minds, I'd like to think, in Wellington. But do you think that food is actually one of the key ways of kind of accessing another culture for people who are still I don't know some people may be scared or some people may be uh, just not not knowing not thinking about outside of the New Zealand boundaries do you think food's the good entry point for those people oh absolutely that's a bit of a patsy question <laughs> yeah I don't know uh, yeah. I love it I love I it I didn't no. really know where it was going yeah yeah no absolutely I mean uh, I mean that, that was one of the reasons as well that we wanted to get the cooks to bring their own food to the menu it's not just about with the business hat on it's not just about what will sell I really love that idea that someone can look on the website and see that this is Hajara's baklava and feel that connection and feel mm. that someone's made that with their hands um, and yeah and then taste it I mean we uh, one of our other goals is really to open up the eyes of Wellington to a lot of the different types of Middle Eastern food that exist out there. Um, that's more of a long-term kind of goal because we have to start off with some stuff that's just, you know, that's what people know. But if, if we look around, the Middle Eastern food that tends to be in Wellington is often kebabs after the end mm. of a long night, you know. So, um, yeah, we're really excited about bringing the, the different aspects of that those cultures. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And to not be serving them at sort of three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's time. right. Um, and so the name Pomegranate Kitchen, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, we sort of went back and forth on a number of different names because it's really, oh, branding's difficult and it's really hard to think about something that encapsulates both the type of food that we want to serve and also the, you know, our values and our kaupapa and, you know, sort of watch the, the other work that we're doing. Um, and so we struggled with it for a bit, but we came to Pomegranate because it really, when you say it and when you hear it it makes you think of fresh flavors it's got mm. a, you know a, so you imagine the sort of the seeds crunching in your mouth there's a level of the exotic not a lot of people you know use pomegranate seeds or molasses um in new zealand cooking uh and also that yeah the color is just great yeah awesome <laughs> so cool. it really came down to that i mean yeah we had a number of different ideas but that just felt right yeah 
And so you have, uh, you've got a website? We do, pomegranate.org.nz. Okay, mm. and a Facebook for people to follow as well? Yes, that is... one's uh, forward slash, you know, facebook.com forward slash pomegranate kitchen NZ. Super. Mm. So that's where people can go to find out about the launch, which will be coming up mid-October, and we'll find you outside more Wilsons. Yes, yep, I, come and visit, come and chat. I was reading all about your website today, and it, I actually think... Um, I had my mouth started watering. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the last thing I need is um, encouragement to not bring my lunches to work. Though, but, um, yeah, I'll give it a go. Oh, thanks, Ellie. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Laura, have you got any questions? Or I had a last minute question about when I could catch the when I could catch the Moore Wilson's um, pop up store. Sure, that's from that's from the tenth of October for two weeks. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I will definitely pop in and check it out. Great, yeah, come say hello.